Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 25 of Need More Buffs. I am your host, Matt Sonnenberg. In today's episode, we're bringing back another previous guest who last time taught us how to start a successful gaming group. And now it's time to bring him back on the show and find out exactly how his group has been doing and what else he's been up to. Our guest today is Lance, who many of you probably know better as Rev the Roadie. We first heard from Lance back in December of last year on episode 10. In addition to checking up on the progress of Lance's group, we will also be discussing some of his new projects and a new deck that actually relates to one of these projects. At this point in the life cycle, building local communities is a huge part of what Lightseekers needs not only to survive, but to thrive. So I hope you'll listen to this episode and episode 10 as well. And then go out and find some way, big or small, to do something to help your local Lightseekers community grow. If you have any questions for Lance, you can always get his contact information in the show notes along with the deck list we discussed today, which can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 025. That's deliverycrab.com slash 025. Now let's jump over to the interview and see what Lance has been up to. Welcome back to the show, Lance. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me back on. My pleasure. So since we last got you on the show, that was back in episode 10, which feels so far away now. But if for anyone out there who hasn't listened to the entire library of episodes, I, I highly recommend going back and listening to episode 10 because Lance introduced us to a lot of interesting kind of methods to help get a gaming group started even if you don't have a traditional game store nearby. And I think that's that's been an important thing, especially for light seekers. And I want to talk a little bit more about that first before we get into uh, the deck that you've brought along today. But I guess the first thing, how is that group going? It's still going really well. We're actually at that point where we're shifting into the new challenges phase. Obviously, in episode 10, we talked a lot about startup challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've shifted into that phase of keeping things fresh, uh, keeping the group from sort of becoming insular and, and only wanting to play with the same sort of core group. Yeah. But encouraging the group to branch out, to encourage new people to come, encouraging people who come to check it out uh, to stay. Because sometimes you can get a group. I think we've all been around groups that sometimes get to a place where they're not really welcoming or mm-hmm. really don't want new people to stick around. So. You know, we've been addressing those sorts of things, and we had to make some changes as far as our location. Uh, so, I, yeah, it, where do you want to start? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I guess that, that's that sounds like it's probably for the best in in all aspects there. But I guess in regards to your location, in case someone hasn't listened to the previous episodes, uh, you, you started in a library, correct? Yes, or library we did. Basement, I guess, technically. The plan was to move into the basement. Okay. Um, it was one of those things where we knew we had uh, space to begin, but that if we grew to a certain point, um, space would become an issue. And so the, the plan had always been to go into the basement to renovate that. We had a lot of things lined up, and it just never really took off. The project just kept getting 
pushback, you know, kind of more pressing matters mm-hmm. uh, kind of happened. So our group actually outgrew the library before we could even address that. We got to the place where we were actually putting tables in aisles of books <laughs> um, and just just to have room for everyone who was playing. Sure. Uh, so well, there is other community space, and we we got in contact with – it's actually the Historical Society who runs it. Okay. And they have allowed us sort of usage for as long as we want it. Uh, I actually just got my key this week, so we're moving up in the world. Nice. Um, but yeah, we, we meet there. It's really great. It's got a kitchen. Uh, it's got a lot of space. We've uh, been utilizing it for events, which have been fantastic to have that much space for events. So it's been going well. So back when you started in the library, like how many, is this a weekly thing? It is. Okay. Yeah, we have a uh, weekly organized play. We are an official organized play site at this point. We are running uh, some events. We're looking at beginning some actual tournaments. A number of our players are looking at playing a little bit more competitively, mm-hmm. but we try and vary our organized play um, each week so that there are some weeks where we lean into more of the competitive side of things. There are weeks that we lean into more of uh, either a narrative or sort of fun to play without punishing anyone or you know sort of encouraging people to, to play how they enjoy. Definitely. Yeah. And so back then and then compare it to like now, how many people are you getting on average? So at one point we were up to about 16 people a week when we made our big shift. And this is something that, that I was concerned about in moving locations that we might actually lose a number of our players. Yeah. Uh, and we did, unfortunately, even moving it to where we did, it's across the street, but it's actually across a highway. Uh, <laughs> So that effectively blocked a number of our players who who are not allowed to cross the highway. Yeah. So we're still negotiating that and and trying to figure out some solutions there. They don't get to play as often as they used to. But along that same lines, we've we've had new people come who the new location works better for them. So it's it's kind of a, a mixed thing. I, I think we average ten to twelve at this point uh, every week. So a nice little group. Yeah, that's not bad to get regularly, especially when it's just for one specific game. Like, I, I know some game stores that might struggle to get 10, 12 players in every night just to play anything at all. So the, the fact that you can do it for, like I said, just this one game is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, and I think it, it speaks to the quality of this game mm-hmm. because it's such a, a wide audience you know we have families who like to play it together we have a group of teenagers who who love beating each other up (laughs) their latest deck builds you know it's it's got a nice wide range and we're getting to a place where we can actually uh, branch out even further and and i can mention this a little bit we're actually in the process of working with uh, another uh, after school program i actually had uh, one of the local officers in the town over coming and asked me, said, so I heard about your nerd thing and I want to know how we can do nerd things over here too. <laughs> and, and so we've been, I've been going over there and, and doing some things. We actually just ran some demos. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. So I know you said you kind of moved out of the library now, but when you were there, was it kind of a after hours thing or was the library still open and operational at the time? The library was still open and operational, and this offered some of the challenges to us. Um, I was always a little worried about disrupting mm-hmm. the things that are going on in the library. If you didn't so, have a, your, like your own separate room or something. 
Right. And especially because originally we had a little room in the back. And so it was kind of easy for us to be grouped up in there. But then when we started taking over other sections of the library, yeah, uh, I never heard a single complaint from anyone. Um, that's good. Maybe, maybe they were just hiding those complaints <laughs> from me. Yeah. Uh, but the staff was always very welcoming and, and worked well. And we're still technically part uh, of the library. We're underneath their, their 501 C three. And so we, we operate kind of that. And we actually have some of our librarians come over uh, ha- and hang out um, each week just to add more support. And, and they talk with the students and it, you know, it's, it's a good thing to have that ongoing relationship. But yeah, we, I think we were getting close to overstaying our welcome uh, when, when we moved. It, it, um, it's understandable. Yeah. That there's only so much a library depending on its size can handle. So uh, it, it, it's great that they helped you get it started and everything and they still seem to be supporting it. But yeah, that there's always a time that you have to move on, I guess. There is. And it, we, none of us expected it to happen this quickly um, <laughs> at all. I mean, I, I feel like we've been playing catch up and I've, I finally just started getting back to our stride. So it only took us like four months to get, get back into stride. And then out of curiosity, like what kind of time of day do you, do you usually run this? I, obviously this is going to vary depending on everybody's location and such, but it, it seems like you, you've definitely kind of found a time that works. Yeah. I think it works for some right now we're running it from three to five on Thursdays. Uh, the school bus comes through and drops off students about that time. We have a lot of homeschoolers that, that come during mm-hmm. that time. Uh, and then our events are always on the weekend to, to include those who, who don't, who might be uh, working during the week. Right. Uh, you know, like I, I know we, one of our new players, um, he can only come periodically. Uh, his son comes all the time, but he can only come periodically because of uh, the work schedule. But yeah, that was kind of the challenge with us. Um, Initially that was because of us working within the the framework of the library. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we maintained it when we moved to the new location because we just didn't see a reason to change those times. Consistency is usually good. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You've moved location. You're still going strong. What is the next step? What kind of, challenges do you see moving forward probably our biggest challenges is not becoming a set group um, that's the minute a group stops growing it sort of goes into decline or risks going into decline mm-hmm. and so we've been doing some things to to try and incentivize continued growth uh, we just wrapped up a thing in march where we were giving away a couple starter decks and the deal was you know you bring a friend your name goes into the hat for every like friend it. you bring, your name goes into the hat, mm-hmm. and your friend, their name goes into the hat. Sure. And then when they come, we say, well, you've got your name in that hat. You can also get your name in the other hat, too. And so it definitely encouraged people to introduce other people into Lightseekers. And we picked up uh, – we've definitely picked up four new players from that. Not bad. Some of them for a attend periodically, but you know, it, it yeah, I, builds, builds, but still, so. I mean, when you look at the numbers, it's probably like what a 20, 25% increase. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which no, has been great for replacing there. some of the ones that we've lost mm-hmm. either through, through waiting for the new set, right? We saw a number of players sort of stop playing until the new set dropped. Mm-hmm. And then others who they went through their fad phase and we'll see if they stick, you know, how yeah. much they stick around. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned, yeah, the new set. 
have you really has the new set been introduced in any sort of proper fashion to this group it's been introduced a little bit we will we've got some arrangements to have sealed product that we're purchasing through a local shop okay i say local but it's not not at all close <laughs> it's it's almost an hour away but it's uh so those things are available and will soon be available. We had some issues with, with our shipment side of things. Mm-hmm. But those who have purchased uh, booster boxes are already playing with the cards. The cards are already in trade. So, yeah, people are getting their hands on them. And it, it was funny to see at last game day that the players who hadn't yet gotten boxes or, or cracked packs had shown up with a list of cards they were looking for to see if they were <laughs> available for trade. And so that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, we ended, I, we stayed after quite a bit, just doing trades and stuff. So that's good. Yeah, people are really getting into it if they take the time to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they go to these sites like Delivery Crab, you know, to read up on all the cards. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a- a- any other advice for someone if they are just getting started, or if they are trying to m- get, move into that next stage? What what kind of advice would you give? Definitely watch to see how your group is looking for new players and welcoming new players. Um, Cause those are two very distinct things. You can be a very welcoming group and not be actively looking to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing those sorts of things that keep the game fresh for your players makes them want to invite their friends even more or introduce the game to, to more people. And a lot of this has been, just making sure we've got easy ways for people to learn the game. We keep always on hand at least four decks that are strictly set for new players and for teaching new players to play the game. Yeah, um, that's that's a very good idea, yes. And it, it, it's made it very easy I, just to, to pop it open and say, all right, you know, you want to play a game and, and it's ready to go and the decks are balanced against each other mm-hmm. so that, no one gets crushed, right? It's yeah. it's a lot more fun to play that way. So, so for those, do you do you use some of the the pre-built from PlayFusion, or uh, w- what are you using for those? Yes, we are using the starter, the two-player starter decks. Okay, so, um, so the intro pack. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because they work so well together. I mean, they're they're really well balanced. When one does something, the other either does the exact same thing, or is uh, sort of the mirror image of it. You know, healing. Yeah, if you where just got hit damage. for six, you can heal for six or something like that. Right. Or or like the three offs, like hit for three, draw a card, mm-hmm. heal for three, draw a card, you know, that sort of thing. Absolutely. This is not your only Lightseekers project right now, is it? You've been keeping very busy within the Lightseekers community, and you have some stuff that you've been working on behind the scenes that I'm looking forward to seeing what you can come up with. Uh, if, if you want to tell us a little bit more about what that might be. Yes. Uh, I'm working on a YouTube channel. Uh, I kind of did an intro into that when PlayFusion was awesome and they sent us uh, a box of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know some people have already seen that video. Man, they, they, they loaded us down with playmats and everything else. And <laughs> and uh, I felt, felt like I was writing through the group, like throwing out promo cards. I felt really cool. Um, so we did that thank you video. And with the, with in mind that we were going to do some more videos or I was going to do some more videos, I actually have shot two other videos that I promptly accidentally deleted. So that was my first lesson in running a YouTube channel is how to properly <laughs> save your, your video files. 
so yeah. you don't have to redo work. So it's been on my mind to do something like that. I've definitely been enjoying a lot of our content makers, uh, both this podcast. You know, we've got Superior Seekers putting out fantastic stuff. Heroic Starfish has been doing some good stuff. You know, we've got a lot of good content, and I've been thinking about doing some of that my, myself. And one of the things I wanted to see more of is creativity in uh, deck lists. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed both uh, within TCGs as I've been sort of exploring and studying them over the last eight months or so and looking at competitive gaming in general, it, it's very easy for us to, to get caught up in certain fads and certain metas. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see us trying something creative and sometimes just admitting, okay, you know what, this is just going to be fun and creative and we may not get something competitive out of that and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but we're having fun doing it. So what we're, what I'm working on now and I'm, and I'm several decks in already, I'll be releasing some videos pretty soon is I decided I was going to do all of the heroes. So I'm building a deck for every single hero available in the game it's what a hundred of them uh i think that sounds about right yeah pretty close and and so i'm going through and building a deck around every hero and trying to find little wrinkles and and interesting connections right maybe this hero plays off and and so far i can tell you that some have yielded some very interesting things as you have discovered right you've (laughs) you've played at least one of these decks it's true i have played against them and it it was Definitely more interesting than I would have expected. So, yeah, it, it just sort of developed naturally, and that one that one was is still fun to play. I think that's going to be one that sticks around in my <laughs> my deck box all the time. It's just a fun deck to play. Yeah. But then other ones, you sort of get there and you look at it and you think it's either going to go awesome and it's going to be a ton of fun to play, or you just sit there and you poke it with a stick, saying, "Kind of do stuff, like you know, <laughs> go, go, go." So it's been kind of a mixed bag, but it's been fun to do so far, and. The hope is that by doing these things, that people will try them out or or try versions of them mm-hmm. and post those themselves and sort of develop this community that is definitely guided by the competitive community, but also is looking to to, to have creative fun. And yeah. and we're encouraging this within our within the community that I run as well. I, we've got some things where uh, some of our tournaments that we run are uh, play like a hero that you've never played before and build a deck for that. You know, so we offer some incentives to do that locally, but I wanted to see this happen on a wider scale. Yeah, definitely. I I, I think that's one of the best things about what you're doing here is that it's it's gonna open up some combinations that you've never seen before, or never would have thought of before, and that that's a lot of times where the greatest decks come from is just trying something new. You might not like the 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 entire deck that you put together. But maybe there, there's that, that one card combination in there that works just so well that you can insert into another deck. And who knows where it's going to take it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these combinations or versions of them end up in, in, other, in multiple decks throughout mm-hmm. the series. I mean, we're going to have some repeat stuff with, well, with 100 heroes. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when it is time to get this these videos out there where can people go to find them uh you can go to rev the Roadie, which is the same name that i use on uh discord and the forums and and instagram i also i'm also on instagram and, oh and twitter i added twitter recently so <laughs> i did see that yeah 
Oh yeah, that's right. I started following you. So you can definitely go to uh, Rev the Roadie and just look for it. I, there's one video up now, and sure. obviously there'll be more coming very yeah. soon. We'll, we'll definitely link to that in the show notes for everybody. But uh, speaking of new decks, I am looking forward to talking about this deck list you brought along today. This is a hero we don't get to talk about too often. We we have had one very early episode featuring Ancient Ignu, but I th- this deck is very different from what I remember, and it does some very interesting things. So why don't you go ahead, give us a rundown of this deck list, and then we'll talk about it some more. Sure, and I guess I'll note here that you, you'll see it's Ancient Ignu because this uh, series that we're doing for the 100 is going to run A to Z. We're going to going in alphabetical order, so you'll see that title on the videos. But the cards in this deck are, for Earth, I run three copies of Rock Rager, three copies of Boulder Feast, three copies of Ancient Miner, two copies of Mountain Fort, one Exterior Defender, then for Fire, one Ambush Worm, two Shattered Volcanoes, and two Dragon Scorchers. For Crystal, I have three Crystal Bats, three Crystal Leeches, three Colossi Ritual Sites, two Stubborn Evrocks, and two Stone Scribes. For the combos, I'm running Rockhide Revenge, Lava Shedding, Crushing Blow, Magma Blast, and Rock Fists. Beautiful. And I I can see already, like, you're just kind of sprinkling in a little bit of mythical here and there. And I think that's kind of what we're going to be seeing a lot of moving forward. Like mythical isn't necessary, necessarily a, a standalone set. It, it's really an expansion of awakening. And so I think the, the bulk of what we're going to be seeing are these, these awakening decks that we've built kind of supplemented with a little bit of mythical. Yeah, I think so too. And I think we all want to run to the new shiny and, mm-hmm. and build, include some of these great cards, but, uh, I think it'll fall flat if we, we put too much mythical in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That the, a lot of the mythical cards seem a little more situational and they, they I, I think they're going to help actually for what you're doing to, with some of these lesser known, lesser used heroes, that some of these new cards are really going to help bring them up a level and be able to make them a little more playable than we, we might have thought they were in Awakening. Yeah, I really think so, especially some of the heroes that only do one point of damage or mm-hmm. one healing. Maybe this was just my inexperience at work, but I, I sort of overlooked them. So I thought, oh, one, it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> but through this process, I have really come to discover sometimes that one is huge yeah. for good or for bad. Uh, there was one game where I was testing and I healed myself for one just sort of out of habit. And that was exactly what needed to happen to set me up <laughs> to be beaten <laughs> in the next two turns. And I thought, Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. But the new cards, I think definitely lend to that. As you said, my only disappointment is that we can't include them in a sideboard just yet. So hoping, hoping that we'll get to that point, but we'll see. <laughs> We will see. So if you had to go ahead and describe to someone what is this deck supposed to do or how is it supposed to play, what can you give me kind of an overview of what this deck does? 
Yes, this deck is intended to stall into comboing. Not necessarily your combo cards. Uh, the mm-hmm. combo cards I use in here very much are reactionary or intended to set up for the combo. You know, so like Rockhead Revenge is a great card. Yeah. Three, you know, three corners of damage reduction that sets you up for eight damage when they keep hitting you. Uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. Three clunky corners. It slows the game down so much, mm-hmm. and which is exactly what what you need in this deck um so that you can get your ancient miners out you can you can really get that card draw going really what the things you're looking for is you're looking to key off of several different cards usually you have your uh shattered volcanoes somewhere in that mix and you're looking to play into earth cards if you can i like to try and get in a colossal ritual site to increase damage that really makes a big difference sure um I've keyed it up to 31 damage in a turn Ooh. doing that. Uh, yeah, that's going to be rough to, uh, <laughs> well, you're not going to come back from that most time, but no, yeah, no, it, it hurt unless you, you see it developing and exactly. you shut it down. Yeah. You really have to um, see, see that coming ahead of time and heal up above that. But right. It, it's hard to do. Keeps coming. And I think, I mean, you've played this deck, so yeah. you've seen how it does that. Uh, the 31 damage was really cool. It, it set up with having a Shattered Volcano out. Uh, and then, if I remember correctly, what we did... Oh, that's right. We I played a Dragon Scorcher with a Colossi Ritual Site. Mm-hmm. And they thought I was bluffing, and I thought I was bluffing, <laughs> until Ancient uh, Miner dropped a uh, a Rock Rager and a Crystal Bat into my hand. And so the next turn, I played Colossi Ritual. Uh, so Colossi Ritual Sight and uh, Draga Scorcher rotate to deal the nine damage, mm-hmm. and then you, I played into the uh, Stubborn Everock to lock him in place for a turn. Yep. And then the next turn, we hit for nine, play the Crystal Bat to increase it up to six damage, three healing. Then because you healed, you play Rock Rager. So that deals nine damage. And then because Rock Rager got played, the uh, Shatter Volcano kicks off for another five damage. Yeah. Uh, which was is just fun. It's fun whenever you combo those off. Yeah, that that's something I've never seen before. And like I Shattered Volcano just didn't really feel like it was gonna do a lot. Like I like I can take a little two two points of damage here and there, but then Combined with the, the the ritual site, it really makes a difference. Like a, like a bonus five, that's like playing a whole nother card. It does, especially with someone like Ancient Igneo who wants to have Earth cards in there, but not too many Earth cards, right? Because because mm-hmm. he doesn't have uh, any superior. sort of a superior element. So mm-hmm. I I was kind of surprised I put Shattered Volcanoes in there as well. It they sort of went in as a well, I've got these two lying around, and they respond to Earth cards that I want to be playing. So why not? And then sort of develop naturally. But yeah, it's. I think there's. We're gonna find there's a lot of cards like Shattered Volcano that I've ignored. Yeah, and that, that have some value. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the the nice bonus is even if you don't have it amplified with a, a ritual site or something like that, playing Earth cards typically means you're playing defensively because you're you're playing for, well, ancient miners for card draw or. 
uh, your, your mountain forts or boulder feasts and healing back up. And at the same time, you can do some damage. So that, like, that's, that's typically what I thought of it as. And it's like, okay, so I can heal for six and do two damage. That's kind of cool. But how, how many times am I going to be able to do that? And how effective is that really going to be? But as you mentioned, you quickly come to learn how valuable each point of health is. Yes. Well, and when we talk about a game that we all typically have limited buff removal, mm-hmm. who wants to remove a shattered volcano? Yeah. yeah, yeah I, Something that may or may that. not hit you for two, two, two. Like, it's not something you, you want to waste it on. Yeah. Right, but then if you don't, which was kind of the point of this, like the, this deck is intended to be full of stuff you really don't want to remove, mm-hmm. and then it's trying to find which ones actually work. But you know, this thing can fall apart quickly. Uh, but it's definitely been a fun, fun deck. This is one I think that I'm going to keep around. It's it's been a lot of fun to play. Yeah, and and, uh, and and that's that's what I love sometimes is even if it's not that that championship caliber deck, like you have fun playing it. And that that says a lot about the game. Like, you might not win every time, but if you have fun playing with that deck, then I'd say go ahead, keep it around. Even just you obviously have a great platform in which you can use something like a deck like this because you have a weekly group you can go to and use it, even though it's not. Uh, a, a, a official tournament all the time. Yeah, that's definitely something that I have a real benefit of. You know, having weekly play available mm-hmm. is just nice, nice to have. Unfortunately, not all of us can say that right now, but hopefully <laughs> we're, we're working at there. it. We're getting yeah. there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So other than the the Shattered Volcano, the, the other one that I'd like to see in there is the Stubborn Everrock. And you kind of mentioned one use for it. Do you kind of specifically save the Stubborn Everrock for that specific situation now? Or do you kind of leave it more fluid and just if you see a situation that looks good, you'll throw it out there? I use, the second. Uh, if something looks appealing, I throw it out there. Uh, because most of the times that people see it, they want to remove it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and I get too broken hearted when my Stubborn Everrock gets removed. <laughs> Even if it's just a turn, but so I'll, I'll throw them at Rockhide Revenge if I can. Sure. Uh, I've never actually pulled that off well. There was I one time I tried to use it to to lock it in place because I thought it was going to get big damage, and then to rotate in later it had mediocre <laughs> results. <laughs> but like Rock Fist has been helpful. Um, I use it a lot on Dragon Scorcher. Sure. Just because getting getting that double ping. Yeah, it's really nice. And anytime you can play one card and do six damage, that's basically on par with what you're, what you're looking for. So it, it's not a, a bad move, I don't think. No, it's not. Especially someone was very helpful in explaining to me, a, a much more experienced TCG player, about looking at, at actions as usable resources. Yeah. And and how, I think you, it might have even been talked about on one of, one of the podcasts, but treating them like that and then that's how you evaluate cards mm-hmm. right is how much damage or healing or card draw or milling or whatever per action yeah. should i be getting and thinking of the game in that way has definitely been helpful it was definitely helpful in, in building the stack and thinking differently 
than I had been. And I think I'm seeing that same mark on these other decks that are in playtesting that are getting ready to be recorded. That's good. Yeah. Not only shows uh, personal growth, but I mean, it shows that the game is built well, that you, you can kind of figure these things out and they kind of hold true over the course of most of the cards. Yeah. And over multiple sets, right? I mean, yeah, we were sort true. of holding our breath to see <laughs> what happened with this new set. We were all sort of, I think, hopeful, but we all wanted this game to be something special mm-hmm. and continue to be. And I think the new set didn't disappoint on that. I think that's a fair assessment. Any last comments you have about uh, this particular Ignu deck? No, I don't think so. Um, certainly, uh, this is going to be one that's going to be posted relatively soon. Um, okay. I say that as a new new YouTuber and <laughs> providing there's no other hiccups along the way. But uh, comments are definitely welcome. Insights are definitely welcome. And uh, it'll be good. I'll, I'll be interested to see the ideas that people have. Awesome. Yeah, I, I will definitely check out the videos once they're up there. We'll definitely link to them in the show notes. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, where is the best place for them to do that? Discord is always a great place. Um, I may not post, but I'm usually lurking. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it, it just depends on how my day is going. And then I'm not as active on the forums, but certainly on YouTube, um, as I'm getting more active on there or, or on Twitter is a good way. All right. Uh, to reach me. Wonderful. Yeah. We'll have links to all that in the show notes. The show notes for this will be able found at uh, delivercrab.com slash zero two five. You can head over there and check them out. Uh, Lance, thank you once again for joining us on the show. I'm sure we'll have you back again sometime, but good luck with the new channel and I, with the group. You've got a lot of good things going on here and I can't thank you enough for doing what you do for Lightseekers. Thank you, Matt. And that's all we have for this week's show. If you're looking to start something in your community, if you need some help or just want to talk to someone about some of the opportunities that you may have that you you may have overlooked or something, feel free to reach out, contact me or contact Lance. We're both very willing to talk about these types of things. Otherwise, if you have a local game store that you want to get involved with Lightseekers that doesn't stock product yet, you can either have your local game shop email contact at lightseekers.cards and they'll get them hooked up. Otherwise, if you want to take the initiative, you can send the information for your store to that same email, contact at lightseekers.cards and they will then reach out to your store and try to get it all connected one way or the other. These are all little things that you can do to help the community grow. And eventually, if enough of you take these these small little actions, that's what's going to get this game over the top. It's going to give it that last little push that it needs to get it to where we want it to go. That's all I got for you this week. So I'm going to get out of here because I got some more deliveries to make. 